this is why like when you are walking in the middle of a beautiful sunlit woods, like you're walking through the woods, the sun's coming through and you hear the waterfall and like there are these moments in nature that you're just like, oh, I feel so clear right now. I feel like I know what I'm going to do next for work. I feel like I'm going to know what to do now with this thing. Like we take these walks to clear our head because we're literally getting out of it. We're trying to get out of the head and be in the body. Like so much of how we're, we're experiencing the world is connected to our perception and perception is connected to our body. Yes. Yeah. Because I think we've just been misled because we have this perception or this idea or this perception that perception is related to the mind. Everything's related to the mind and how we think. But the body comes first, right? The body perceives unconsciously like our autonomic, you know, nervous system, system. right? It's, It's like it perceives unconsciously. And then sure, we go and make meaning and we like do all these things in our thinking brain, but that is not where it originates. That's not where experience is. If you know there is something deep inside of you that is yearning to be seen, to be known, and to have expression, if there's something you need to reclaim and remember, maybe it's your power, your purpose, your gifts, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Reclaiming Ourselves. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm honored to have three amazing co-hosts Laura Shook Guzman, Belinda Hahn, and Emily Sikorsi here with me on this journey to self-discovery. Every week, we're going to help you unravel and remember what it means to reclaim yourself, to own who you are, to recognize your innate worth and greatness. Now, this podcast is a deep dive into self-development, healing, and empowerment. So hold on. Here we go. Welcome back to Reclaiming Ourselves. And just before I dive into this week's topic, just a reminder that you can find a lot about our amazing co-hosts and a lot about the podcast at reclaimingourselvespodcast.com. Just wanted to mention that. And I'm really excited about today's podcast. I have Laura here with me again. I love our conversations. And we're going to talk about something that is very, very, um, I know, near and dear to her heart. And when we talk about reclaiming ourselves, one of the things that I think is really important is that we talk about a return to the body. Now, what does that even mean? What does embodied mean? What does it mean to reclaim ourselves and reclaim our bodies? Well, that's what we're going to break down today. So welcome, Laura. Mm, Thank you, Sonia. Yes, one of my favorite conversations. We often find ourselves teaching what we're here to learn. I feel Mm. like um, I've been on a lifelong journey of returning to the body, to the intelligence and the wisdom that is about our felt sense, my felt sense of myself, of the world. I think every time I have this conversation with you or just in the world, there's like new insights that I glean myself about what is this ongoing relationship we have with our physicality and our energetic self. And um, and we're going to talk a little bit today, I think more about what do we even mean, right? What do we mean by body? Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And so let's, let's start there. Let's look at what is the body? Like if we're going to talk about a return to the body or reclaiming our body, like what is the body 
in, at least in the framework that we're talking about. And I love that you mentioned SOMA because I think that's a great word to explore as well. So let's start with, you know, how do you define the body in this context, Laura? Let's start there. Well, I love the, you know, the Greek word for body being soma, but being more than just like muscles and bones, like mm -hmm. the soma is the all encompassing physicality and energetics of the human self. So our ability to not only um, have like our heart beating and lungs breathing, like that our body is physically operating, but that it has this um, energetic component in which we can feel and interact mm -hmm. through the senses with the world around us. So, you know, when someone walks in a room, you don't have to see them to know that they're there. Like you can feel like, oh, somebody just entered the space or, mm. or I have a, a sense of something that's light or heavy or around me, right? We're, we're constantly taking in information through our senses to help us know what is happening in and around us. And, you know, a lot of the neuroscience of, of the current day has actually been really helpful because they've mm -hmm. been able to map these things in our nervous system and in our brain to understand that, yeah, this sort of mind sight, as Dan Siegel calls it, is like this awareness of our mental cognitive thinking and our physical understanding and senses and our meaning making and our mm. interpersonal relationships. And, you know, so when we say like, get back to the body, I just want to really name that it's not just like get back into your physical earth shell. It, it's like get back into your most whole sense of yourself, the way you orient and move and take in information and connect. And so all of these different aspects happen when we are fully present inside the body, inside the soma. And what does that feel like, right? Like, I think this is important. And we probably both have different perspectives on this as well. Right. And it's probably individual according to everyone. But I think that's an important question to ask because what does it feel like to be in our body? Because, you know, is it just that like we've worked out really hard and we're like, we can, we can feel our body and our, feel our muscles move, right? What does it feel like for you to be embodied? And then I'll share what it feels like for me to be embodied because I think there's a lot of different perspectives on this and it helps our listeners kind of look at for themselves, what does it feel like when I'm back in my body? Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, and I have clients ask this question all the time and they're like, what am I looking for? You know, what's the base point? <laughs> it's like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to feel like. And so it's very common that most of us will kind of live quite a few feet outside of our felt sense of ourselves because we do, and we talked about this on past episodes, you know, we do live in a culture that very much glorifies the mind, the, the mental cognitive thinking of taking mm -hmm. in all the information and making sense of it in the world. And so we can be very reliant on what is our mental interpretation to be able to come back into the body and feel more present for me, it has certain qualities and attributes that are there when I am embodied. So I guess I'll start there. Like for me, when I come and often, you know, it's become more and more automatic over the years as I've spent time as a somatic therapist, but there's still times that I'm like, you know, let me come back in. Let me just bring my energy and my attention. So it can start with sort of a bringing attention to the breath, bringing attention to the edges of 
my physical body to own that space. And I think this is where like a lot of the Eastern teachings, the mind body connections around yoga and meditation, these are all practices. The reason why they're effective is that they're practices for like aligning that attention and awareness into this more holistic frame, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, let me notice the thoughts and pull those in and notice my body breathing and come back to that. So we're bringing all these different elements of self. So those are very important functions for me to, to keep having the form of meditation and yoga. And so what that feels like as I return to my breath and to my edges is often it's the sensations of expansion, of a centeredness. I kind of can feel more of my sense of where I am energetically as relation, you know, as it relates to things around me. So it's like, I'm more centered Mm -hmm. and I feel this expansion and often kind of like enough of a weight, like a, like a gravity aware of the gravity, kind of like feeling that, um, and then feeling my dimensions, like feeling how far my energetic body is like, how much space am I taking up in this room? But it gets very clear and centered and calm. And these are all sort of the eight C's that Dr. Schwartz uses to define self energy. I find it's really interesting because when I am feeling very embodied back into my self and in my physical energetic body, I do have all those qualities of feeling really curious and calm and centered and compassionate. Mm -hmm. And so self energy is more present when I call all of that attention back to myself, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what it's like for me. But I love that you asked us that because I'd love to hear, yeah, what is it like for you? And I think for listeners just to remember, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's like a fingerprint, you know, it's like everybody's going to have their own unique experience, but I think there's some qualities that are shared, but it's, yeah, everybody's unique experience. Yeah. I think for me, it's really being back in the present, right? It's Mm -hmm. like even being aware that I'm in a present, (laughs) Yeah, because I can spend so much time in my thinking brain, right? Which is never really in the present. It's like, I'm, I'm solving problems for the future or I'm thinking about the past or I'm, I'm putting things together and nothing's wrong with that, right? I love my mind. My, I have a beautiful mind. It's, we all do. It does great things. I love its visioning. I love its ability to put things together. I love its creativity. It's like all amazing. And it is also amazing to be in the body and be feel like I'm present and I'm dealing with what is the sensation I feel in my body now? What is my relationship to my environment right now? What is my relationship to the people that I'm connecting with right now? Like there's something about that present moment that I think is so key. Like we don't think about how often we aren't there right? How often we are really not there. We don't, it's like, we're not actually dealing that often with the present. We're dealing with the past. We're dealing with the future. We're dealing with what will be. And so there is a very different quality when I am here, (laughs) like in my body, in this moment, and I'm actually paying attention to the relationship between me and the present. Yeah. And I do feel a lot of the things you talked about, like I feel expansive when I'm there. 
I feel grounded. I feel like, oh, I have a body. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, there it is. Yeah. And even when it's sore or maybe even in pain, it still feels better to be connected to it than to not. Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting. Like, we, I think we have so many survival mechanisms that disconnect from our body when we feel pain. And yet, I still find that when I let myself just be with it or I'm present with it, it actually feels a lot better than being disconnected from it. So, you know, I think that's that's a whole interesting piece as well. But yeah, I feel, I feel, I definitely feel present and expanded, more compassionate, more resourced. Like when mm-hmm. I'm in my body, I'm so much more resourced. I'm not reacting, right? Often I leave my body when I have a, my nervous system reacts or when I'm having a, you know, a survival mechanism kind of come into play. And when I'm present and kind of in my body, I'm able to take in information more effectively. I'm able to respond to things more effectively. And so, yeah, it's a really powerful experience. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a very powerful experience. And when we are disconnected from the body, it's a very disempowering way of being. Yes. You know, this is where like, Peter Levine has said, trauma is a disorder of presence. Trauma is one of those things that happens. And if it doesn't move through and the body doesn't come back into the present moment, then that past trauma causes one to live outside of the body. Fear of going into that sensation is like, I'm going to relive that trauma. And so then we're constantly in the past or anticipating a future pain What I try to help my clients understand is there is a cost to be paid of living outside of the present moment Mm -hmm. that long. The longer Mm -hmm. we spend trying to hold something in the past or keep it from happening in the future, we don't have our full vitality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is that the chi, the life force energy, something that Eastern medicine knows a lot about it. It's like the reason all of those postures in yoga and the breathing, it's all about that vitality of, of the integration, the ability for all things to be lit up and working together mm-hmm. instead of compartmentalized, you know? Yes. A hundred percent. And there's like so many, so many things that I think, you know, I want to kind of untangle here, right? Because This is a very big topic, obviously. I mean, I know you spent many decades working in this area. And I think it's a very important topic because I don't think we can talk about reclaiming ourselves if we're not including the body. What are we reclaiming if we're not reclaiming our soma, our body, our connection to that piece of ourselves? And I think a lot of even therapy, right? I, you know, I notice this in like the difference between talk therapy and say somatic therapy, you know, oftentimes when we're reclaiming ourselves or personal development, you know, talk therapy will often exclude the body, right? Mm-hmm. And the stuff that's in the body. And, you know, I was thinking about what, you know, what we you were just saying just a minute ago, recognizing that not being in the present, we lose, it's, it's such a cost, right? We lose so much of our vitality, and I wanted to mention as well that, you know, often we're not in the present because of our body responses. One of the things I've really been 
kind of struggling with or sitting with is that in, you know, so much of my own personal development experience, which has been, you know, pretty much my whole life, a lot of personal development realms and a lot of practices, they, they have this idea that the mind is all we have to change, right? We just, if we change our beliefs, we change our, our responses. If we change our beliefs, we transform our lives. And yet so much of what's happening in our life is, is based on the evolutionary processes inside our body and the mind and your beliefs will not change those. <laughs> Right. Like the more I understand the nervous system and neuroscience and understanding how we respond to things, you know, it isn't a matter of like, ooh, if I just believe something different, then my body will completely change and I'll live in the present moment. Like that's not how it works. And I think we have to mention that because I see have seen so many people in my life shame themselves for not being able to change their beliefs or shame themselves for not living in the present moment. And so, like, this is not an easy process process to get back into our bodies, especially if we have had a lot of harm done to our bodies and many women have and many men as well. And so it's not necessarily an easy process where it's just, you change your beliefs or, you know, you decide you want to be present. (laughs) Like it's like, that's not how it works. I think we have to mention that because it's an important piece. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a really good point. And I've shared this in my story with you, you know, and other conversations about that's kind of how I got started in um, somatic psychology is that back in the, in the day when I was in grad school, which was like the late nineties, early 2000, there was still a huge focus on cognitive behavioral CBT interventions, you know, um, that was where most of our research was. So that was like the empirically, you know, evidence-based therapies. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be working in uh, women's shelters and domestic violence and with a lot of children that were in systemic and familial violence in homes and in their schools. And, you know, the stories that kept coming to me were just like, we get it. We get it. We understand, um, what you're telling me. Like it makes sense. And I'm trying to change my thoughts and I'm trying to change my behavior, but my body isn't listening. Like Mm -hmm. my body has its own agenda and it's going to do whatever it needs to do if it perceives danger. So if it hears those gunshots, or even if it doesn't hear the gunshots, but it hears something that reminds it of the gunshots. And it's like, these are the things that just constantly are happening in the physical body, then how am I supposed to use those cognitive behavioral tools? Mm-hmm. And then that's when I really started to look for more understanding of, yeah, like how are we supposed to be? It seems like up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It seems like if we've already established that there's safety, maybe we can work on our meaning making. But yeah. if there's literally a lack of safety in the physical body, and then we've talked about this, you know, a bit and, you know, where you and I as white women are still learning more and more of like, what does that mean for the white bodies? What does that mean for bodies of color um, to be in a situation in which the systemic violence is constantly present? Like, how am I supposed to drop into to feeling really, you know, safe and aware when I have all of these different stressors and life threatening issues in my environment? So this is such an important point about coming back into the present because the body is telling us the story that it needs to tell us to keep us safe. But when we slow things down 
And, you know, like one of my clients might be having anxiety, which they know that if left unchecked could lead to a panic attack, the body will eventually just escalate that in order Mm -hmm. to discharge extra energy and, um, and seek safety. So once you start noticing that escalation in the body, you could go, Oh yeah, stop being anxious. Like there's nothing to be anxious about. And, you know, use all those mind uh, tricks or what I teach them is come into the physical body in that present moment, bring Mm -hmm. awareness into the edges, feel yourself in the chair, feel your feet on the floor, feel your lungs breathing. It's like, let's get every bit of information in the present moment because then the body has no other choice but to realize that it's actually okay. It's breathing in that moment. Nothing bad is happening. You're not failing that test or having that conversation or conflict that you're anticipating. You're not doing any of that. You're just in the moment. Yes. And you're okay and you're safe. So coming back, and I use that invitation a lot, that phrasing is come back to the edges because some clients feel to come in anywhere deeper is like too hard or too confusing. And so I will use that, like come to the edges, like where do you feel your physical body come into contact with the environment Mm. and what in the environment supports the body? Do you have a supportive chair that like gets to hold the gravity mm-hmm. or maybe it's the floor or maybe you have like a really soft hoodie and you really like that on your skin, right? So we really literally can use very specific language. It's like come back in to this moment and feel your edges. Mm-hmm. And often people are surprised by how good that feels Mm-hmm. Something so simple as like coming back to my body and just feeling my edges. And then I'm like, well, what does that, you know, feel like? And I'm like, oh, I feel more relaxed. Like I can breathe a little bit more deeper. And it's like, well, because all of a sudden now your body is tracking that you're here now and that past or present isn't where its attention is. It's just right here, right now. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, Laura, because I feel like this is an important question. I know this comes up for me and it probably comes up for a lot of people, is when we've had an adversarial relationship with our body, right? Mm-hmm. We've objectified it, right? We've It's mm-hmm. been objectified. Maybe we've had abuse. You know, I was raped, which I've talked about a few times in many different areas. When we've had that experience, where do we start to create a relationship with our body? Like, how do we start to reclaim that, mm-hmm. that piece of ourselves. And I know I've talked a little bit about my experience of when I, you know, started, I took that somatic class in college and, you know, mm-hmm. the teacher literally changed my life by letting me feel my body for the first time, I think. Mm-hmm. But like for listeners and people who are like, yeah, that's great. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like my body. I don't have a good relationship. It makes me mm-hmm. panic. The thought of like, appreciating my body or being in my body? Like, where do we start 
to create a better relationship with our body so that we, we can reclaim our aliveness, right? We can re- reclaim our full vitality, reclaim our feeling, reclaim our connection to self in that way. You know, through a lot of my life, even with as much experience as I've had, even with as much understanding as I have about it, even with, you know, like my first experience being when I was quite young, I still struggle to stay in my body, to feel my body, to come back to my body. So like there's kind of a good mm-hmm. place to start. Yeah, that's a really great question because I have a lot of clients that come into my office hopeful to recover a connection and and also terrified about Mm -hmm. what would that mean for me to have a relationship with this body that has been maybe a source of pain or a place that for a long time they learned to live outside of for various reasons. Or like you said, you know, just body shaming and feeling like my body doesn't look the way it's supposed to look or doesn't fit into the culture, right? So there's a lot of wound. People can experience a lot of wounding that's in the body, about the body. And so then to come back into connection with it can feel really difficult and off-putting. However, like so much of healing, things can happen in small baby steps. So it's not about full on exposure therapy type of like, okay, now you go from a hundred, from zero to a hundred. It's like recognizing that returning to your body is going to be a journey, just like you journeyed out of it. I mean, you have all these reasons why you checked out and you didn't like it, or you felt shame around it we're going to return to the body. And this is where using that to the degree that you're able, I tell my Mm -hmm. clients, like just come in to the degree that you're able and that's it. We don't push, we don't expect more. We just come in to the degree that we're able. Maybe you only feel the tip of your nose Mm -hmm. and that's okay for now. And so this very much of a normalization, a lot of compassion, a lot of understanding that this is a journey and that there were lots of things that happened along the way that eroded the trust. Returning to your body is just about repairing a relationship. And people know, like, if you stand in front of this person, a person that you've had conflict with, you know, you don't feel completely just ready to go and embrace them and hug them. You've got to reestablish trust. So I find ways in which people can learn to trust their sensations again, to feel the body just for a few moments, and then we come out of it. So let's just feel your feet. And like, what, what's the safest part of the body to feel? You know, for a lot of people, it's feet or hands. And so it's like, okay, just feel that for a little bit and notice. And then when your body says no, because if the body is holding some of that pain or trauma, it might say, nope, no more. And we respect that. We're like, okay, the body says mm-hmm. no. Yes, I think that's so important because I think, you know, in our life, we've been taught, right, because of society, because of the way the structures are, that we should push, we should um, just get it done, you know, high achievers, right? We're just like, we should just accomplish it all. We should just do it. We should be resilient. We should just go for it. We should just bring it on, right? Like, it's like so much of the thinking is there. And yet, coming back into the body is a very gentle, very respectful. I love that. Like understanding that our body is protecting us, right? Just that, I think just that piece, 
our body is not working against us because so many of us believe that, right? Mm -hmm. Our bodies never worked against us. It is always in support of us in what it perceives, whether it perceives threat or doesn't perceive threat. Like everything it does is wise and operational. That's <laughs> right. Know? That's right. And so like, you know, having that understanding is so important so that we we listen to it and we're gentle with it. And so we can guide that process, but it is not about shoving ourselves back into our body, right? And like forcing ourselves packing it in. I, I think that like sometimes we think that, right? I know sometimes I do where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get in my body today. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. do it. Conquer that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're, we're frustrated with ourselves when it doesn't happen or we're frustrated ourselves when we disconnected instead of being curious or being kind or just saying, yay, you know what? Like for five minutes I was in my body or, oh, I can feel my hands today. Right. So just like this, this respectfulness. And I really love that, you know, in a way we're asking consent of the body, right? Mm -hmm. Consent to join us. Like, can we come in a little bit? And when you say no, that's okay, right? We'll, we'll honor that consent. And so I think that's a really cool way to look at it and helpful because I feel like oftentimes we're applying our other learning, you know, mm -hmm. to, to forcing things or pushing things or not being gentle with our bodies. And, and that's what it's reacting to, right? All the ways we've not been gentle to our bodies. Yes. So many things that we have done to the body to make the body conform or to meet our expectations and to just change that, you know, to being able to be, oh, like, what does my body need? And can I just gently give it that or, or back up, you know? And, and so that's that, that trust is being reestablished. And that's probably the focus of the work when people come in and they really want to reconnect to the body. It's not just like, let's jump in, you know, it's, it's a reestablishing of that relationship and that trust. And that takes time. And then as you start to realize you can trust yourself to feel the body, you can trust yourself to feel what aliveness is or what that sensation, you know, cause we're nervous about intense energy in the body. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, but I just felt that and I was okay. And I took deep breaths and I like rounded it down or I moved that energy through, you know, mm. I'm really grateful for the, the vantage point that it gives me and like the ways that I see my body now when I experience discomfort and experience pain before I was as aware, I think that I would have, you know, physical pain and just be like, Oh, you know, I must've tweaked something or I must've, I don't know. It's like, what's wrong with that? And you just kind of think, uh, you just kind of wait for your body to heal or get better. But now I'm so much more attuned to know. So what my body feels like at its resting state. And then I can tell when something's off, like recently I had the flu. And so, you know, there's like the usual aches and pains and stuff that come with the flu. But after I was recovering, I noticed, I'm like, Hmm, there's something feeling really still stuck in my body. Mm -hmm. And I can feel the difference. And I feel like it has something to do with recovering and being exhausted and, and energy being kind of like stuck in the body. Mm -hmm. But, um, I need to tend to it. And it's not about taking ibuprofen or just like numbing it out. I was mm -hmm. like, I need to figure out what's going on with the body. So I just started following the sensations of like what feels good. 
Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to lay on my back or I want to twist or I want to stretch or pull my hamstrings up, you know, and just following and following and following, like, what is it that's happening? What do I need? And then I would notice like just exercise, like stretching and being with the body, I'd get up and I'm like, oh, that feels better. And then when I was finally feeling a lot more um, recovered, I went to a yoga class and I told the teacher, I was like, I really just need to work on spinal twists because I'm like, I have so much energy still in my body from being sick. And so after that class, my body felt like back to itself again. Mm. And it made me realize that we really underestimate the power of just knowing intimately the way that our body moves energy and what it needs and how energy can get stuck or it can get stagnant or it can need recovery and support. That's not just like time passing, but like my body needed some of this really specific poses or movements. And so I just wouldn't have known that like a decade ago, Mm -hmm. I would have just been like probably waiting for my, Oh, I'm still achy from the flu. But this time I knew, I was like, my body just took a hit and it needs some extra movement and support and postures to fully recover and and get back to its resting state. Yeah. And you know, I don't even know that a lot of people understand the role that the body plays. Like, so you know, we often talk about the body in terms of like physicalness, right? So we talk Mm -hmm. about the body in terms of like health or in terms of how we feel or, you know, but I don't think that a lot of people recognize that almost all of their challenges in life are in some way connected to the body, right? Like, because I was thinking about how a lot of people are like, oh, well, this is nice. You know, like, yeah, "Yeah, I'd like to be connected to my body. That's nice. And, you know, but then they'll go off and still prioritize the things that are in their way, right? The things that are like affecting them, you know, um, maybe it's like they're struggling socially or maybe they're not able to step into the voice they want to have in their business or maybe they struggle with sales or maybe they um, they hate their job and they're just challenged. You know, So all kind of the day-to-day challenges that we have in the world, I think oftentimes we never connect it to our body. But the body that we're talking about is at the core of all of that, right? And I think if we can make that connection for our listeners, I think that's a really important piece. Oftentimes, the way we're responding to things in the world, the way we're experiencing things in the world is about the body. The body is determining how we're experiencing things, whether we're able to take in information or we're not take information, whether we perceive things as a threat or not as a threat. Like so much of what we're doing is 100% related to our body. And I think the world, because it's disconnected and objectified our bodies, right? It's left out all the truth of how much our body is at play in every single moment we're living in the world. And so can we talk a little bit about that? Because I think, you know, I I can see even like in my own mind, I'm like, oh yeah, like, you know, oh, when I'm sick, I can totally see how like I bring the body in. But like, what about my everyday things that I think, oh, the body's not a part of, it's just the thing I drag along, it's working or it's not working. How can we connect that so that people understand that the body is at the heart and the core of every single thing you are dealing with in your world? Oh, that's such a good highlight. And, and I think that I struggle with this, you know, with clients in my sessions, um, because 
it's a very hard thing for people to get. And they, and they keep coming, you know, keep coming back to the thinking of like, okay, so yeah, I get everything that you're saying, but then, okay, so how am I going to get more clear about what I'm supposed to do next? Right. Cause we're, we're going to, I need by the end of the session, like I want to figure out what my answer is going to be. And they keep going back and I'm like, yep. So, okay, let's come back in. You know, if we're going to find that clarity, we need to keep coming back in to the body and into the present moment. Like there's so much information that you're going to gain when you learn to source it from there. Right. But it's very typical for us as human beings because we're so um, used to sourcing all this information from the mind that we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll get back in the body, but yeah, I'm going to, but I need to figure this out, you know, and just keep going back to the narrative and back to the narrative. And, and I'm sometimes a broken record because I'm just like, but we won't know those (laughs) answers until we can stay in the body and come back in to being present with the self. Cause that's where you're unlocking so much of the inner wisdom. This is why like when you are walking in the middle of a beautiful sunlit woods, like you're walking through the woods, the sun's coming through and you hear the waterfall. And like there are these moments in nature that you're just like, Oh, I feel so clear right now. I feel like I know what I'm going to do next for work. I feel like I'm going to know what to do now with this thing. Like we take these walks to clear our head because we're literally getting out of it. We're trying to get out of the head and be in the body. Like so much of how we're, we're experiencing the world is connected to our perception and perception is connected to our body. Yes. Yeah. Because I think we've just been misled because we have this perception or this idea or this perception that perception is related to the mind. That everything's related right. to the mind and how we yeah. think. But the body comes first, right? The body perceives unconsciously like our autonomics, you know, nervous system, nervous system. Yeah. right? It's, it's like it perceives unconsciously. And then sure, we go and make meaning and we like do all these things in our thinking brain, but that is not where it originates. That's not where experience is. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like in a very simple way, I mean, obviously like the body and biology and nervous system, like yeah. they're all very, very big topics, but like in a simple way, how does our experience in the world relate to the body? Well, I mean, it's exactly what you just said, that so much of the information is coming in, in the present moment, in the body, unconsciously. By the time it ends up in a thought, that's like the summary, you know, like the whole story started when your body started to sense that something was occurring and started to take information in. I think even prior, um, I mean, how many years ago, Stephen Porges is a scientist um, that termed neuroception. But for mm-hmm. me, I'm like, did we not have that word before? Like, how did we not have that word? Mm-hmm. So neuroception is the ability to understand what the nervous system is perceiving. It's the perception. And you're right. We've always had all these like cognitive perceptions, like how we perceive the world through our thinking mind. But neuroception is how our body and the nervous system is perceiving what is happening, what is safe, what is not safe, you know, who's safe to engage with, or who do we need to move away from? We're constantly needing to find orientation in our natural state. And then there's also a term called interoception. So this Mm -hmm. is the ability to perceive inside 
of self so that we can go, oh, I have that fluttery in my stomach. That must mean that I'm nervous or I'm excited about something or I feel really distracted or I feel numb. It's like, oh, something's causing me to feel unsafe right now that I'm actually checking out. And this whole perception of what's happening inside of our body is what I spend a lot of time teaching my clients because it's not a perception that we are taught in schools. It's not a perception of language that we hear from our parents very often, mm -hmm. unless they are on that journey of being, you know, well, how do you know that? How does your body tell you this? And one of the therapists who's taken Stephen Porges work and applied it, taught other therapists how to use it in the clinical room is, um, Deb Dana. And she uses the term that the state is what creates the story. So the state of the body, the state of your neuroception, what you're perceiving is what creates the story that you see. So if I am grounded, embodied, present, and I walk into a meeting and I see somebody with their head down and like looking really distressed, I'm probably not going to personalize that in the moment because I'm very already grounded within myself. So I might just be like, oh, let me see how I can help. Is there something going on? What's going on? And, and staying really calm and being able to just aid someone versus if I was in a state of overwhelm and I walk in, then I'm like, oh shit, I'm getting fired today. <laughs> or like something bad is happening. And then, That's you know, right. I'm all like panicked. And so our internal state is constantly causing us to interact with our world in different ways. And so that's another reason why it's so important to learn the language, learn how to perceive inside of self, become mindful of those states of being, because then we have choice points of to regulate and to calm ourselves down and, and change the way that we're interacting with our environment in a much more positive way. Yes. I mean, there's like, I, I know we're running, like we, we're kind yeah. of at time, but I'm like, oh, there's so much more I want to like talk about. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the more that I learn about the nervous system, the more that I realize like, wow, that's at the core of so much of our experience. Right. So my nervous system is interacting with everyone else's nervous system. And I'm, I'm kind of playing this out and like dissecting this within my family. Right. Cause I know my family fairly well, you know, I can kind of see like, Oh, like that's all of our nervous systems and they're all responding and then they're perceiving things in a particular way and then we're reacting and then we're interacting and it's like where I could look at is all of our problems in our family and say or all of our challenges in our family and say oh well this person is doing this and this person is doing this and they just have bad behavior and they have like a bad you know they're not thinking right and they need to change their beliefs or they're very you know whatever there's a million things I could look at it but looking at it from the body is very, very different. And it's allowing me to have more empathy and compassion to understand how much that's shifting what we're able to experience with each other, what we're able to appreciate with each other. And that the body is the key, right? The thinking and the perceptions in the mind, the cognitive perceptions, as you said, and the, and the beliefs and the stuff, the, all that stuff up there comes after the body. And so we can keep trying to navigate all that, but the body is the one that is creating the experience. And so I'm learning so much about how important the body is in that. And I think a lot of people, the reason why they don't pay more attention to their body 
or, you know, they think that this is kind of nice, a nice topic, but, you know, I'll prioritize that somewhere down the road is because they don't really understand how the body is at the heart of it all. Yeah. And so I think, you know, that's just so important to keep highlighting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for highlighting that because I think that even in my, um, or because I am teaching it a lot, sometimes I can forget the, the most simple statement is just like how instrumental it is to not just heal from trauma or specifically, you know, um, address a certain disconnect. It's like, it is foundational to a happy, integrated, connected life. And that we are energetic beings, yet we live inside this container and all of that energy is firing and, and giving us all sorts of information. Mm-hmm. And if we just cut off from that, then we are missing out on so much of the experience that we're meant to have. And we're missing out on deeper connections with each other. I agree. Yeah. Because the nervous system is wired for love. It's wired for connection and it will keep us safe. If it thinks that there is threat, it will stay in a state of alert and threat and that protection. But just like Dr. Schwartz says about internal family system parts, there are no bad parts. And I believe that about the body there, there's, there's no bad parts in the body. It's just the body doing what it has evolved to do to keep us safe and befriending the body, returning to its wisdom. It has so much to show us so many ways to guide us. And we are not stuck just relying on that thinking brain. We have so much information to gather from the body. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for this great episode, Laura. I yeah. just, I think it's so important. And like I said, I could, I mean, I feel like we could have like five <laughs> other episodes in, on extensions of this, but I think this is, was a really important topic and an important part of reclaiming ourselves. And, you know, I, I appreciate you for joining us. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. I really enjoyed it as well. All right. And thank you listeners for being here. We so appreciate you and we will see you next week. Well, thanks for joining us today. And I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to learn more about this topic, head over to consciousambition.com. You can sign up for my email list so you never miss an episode. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Get him, get him.